pretend that Chris isn't here. <laughs> Chris is behind the curtain spiritually right now. What is up, Pop Junction listeners? Welcome back. Happy New Year or depressing New Year if you're a human in the world right now. Um, this is the last episode of our season before we go on hiatus for the winter like a couple of bears. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Mia? I'm looking forward to hiatus just because, like, I 2020 and 2021 were really busy years for me where between, like, work projects and personal projects, yes. like, I was working every day from, like, 7 to 9 Oof. p.m. And I'm just grateful. For, I'm peering back into multiple areas in my life. And so this hiatus is also happening at a time where I'm, like, trying to clear my evenings in general. And so I'm excited about that. Yeah. But that will, because I just want to like be able to tune off and like, I mean, I already watch, it's kind of amazing how much television I watch given how busy I am. Like it's actually really <laughs> concerning, but um, like most people are like, how do you, what? I'm like, no, I'm up on my pop culture shit. Let's <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to maybe doing even more mindless shit, which I mean, it's, it's already, I already feel like I'm at 99 percentile on like useless shit that I watch, but apparently I'll have even more time to watch even more useless shit. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no dearth of useless shit out there, you know? Like, it never ends. So true. It's the blessing of, of being alive right now. Um, yeah, I'm also excited for hiatus. I'm excited for us to plan for next season. We did already settle on a theme, if you will, for next season. I don't want to reveal it, but is there a hint that we can give? I feel like any hint that's coming to mind is, like, the thing, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, here's our lineup. <laughs> um, but I do right. think it'll be like the most resonant of the season so far. Like, uh. have, like the most people who are like excited about every episode. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's going to bring, it's going to inspire a lot of childhood stories. Mm, stories about butterflies, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and what our our middle school walls look like in our bedrooms. Yes, totally. (laughs) Totally. I'll leave it at that. I was going to drop an even heavier hint, and then it just would have been too obvious. But anyway, so just as a reminder, we are on Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash popjunction. We actually just recorded a special bonus episode just for Patreon subscribers that we'll be releasing next week. Uh, it's about Queer Eye season six because they dropped it on New Year's Eve and we thought, why not do a Queer Eye episode? We didn't do a Queer Eye episode yet. We were just excited and we did a little did a little bonus app. And it's a video app, so if you don't know what we look like, which I think you all do because only people that know us listen to this podcast at this juncture, check it out. Get a ganser at our faces, you know? So, Mia, you established in our bonus episode that you are slightly clairvoyant. What do you predict for 2022? <laughs> um, great question. I predict that we'll have at least six more months of this COVID bullshit. <laughs> at least. I predict that people are just going to not give a fuck, though. And, like, you know, it's just going to become, like, a part of our lives. Like, people are just going to be treated like the common goal. So, you know. I think after this immediate Omicron wave, people will just start to do their thing and COVID will be just part of our permanent lives. Um, I predict that this is a this is a really sad prediction. 
but I predict that Dems will lose the midterms. Ooh. Um, Because still haven't gotten our shit together. We've had a lot of time to do so. (laughs) We'll be out here acting like shit is not this real. Like democracy is not hanging in the fucking balance. And then we're going to be all surprised when shit doesn't go our way in November. Whatever. Mm. Um, I predict that I need to (laughs) secure my Bayesian passport so I can (laughs) retreat to Barbados um, in 2024. And... You know, I think in the middle of it all, like, well, I mean, we really have between, like, I think, like, March and November to, like, enjoy ourselves until Armageddon, you know? So, like, this Omicron surge, things will die down. Mm-hmm. March, November, live your best life, and then democracy ends. <laughs> spot on, girl. Spot, spot on. Um, well, we'll be sure to check check back in in November on these predictions. We'll have First Amendment protections by then. We might not even be able to have a podcast. <laughs> no, no. Oh, that would be a travesty. It would. Popper's J gets canceled. <laughs> gets pulled from the airwaves. <laughs> Our five <laughs> listeners will be rioting in the streets. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we already did uh, an episode dedicated to Insecure the groundbreaking, incredible HBO series. But we released that episode before this final season. And the final season wrapped up right around Christmas, like right before Christmas. Right. And so right after, yes, at Christmas, the day after Christmas was the the finale. I remember that distinctly because you were stressed texting me all day, which which you are wont to do on every Sunday. Um, I'm going to miss that. You know, <laughs> you somehow found things that were more important than watching it live. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we established this. I'm a really old lady, and I go to sleep, and then I look forward to watching that and Curb in the morning. I get on the exercise bike in the morning and watch that and Curb on the exercise. The bike. reason I can't, and we'll see, you'll, we'll talk more about this shortly when we introduce our guest. But people are out here in the streets talking about insecure the minute it drops like live that's true that's very true no i i can't look at my phone i have it like not watch it live because if i go online i'm gonna be spoiled so even your text to me the morning after the finale which i saw before i watched the finale kind of spoiled me a little bit yeah. i i got i totally spiraled like after i saw your text. you said you were gonna watch it live that night when your friend thought you had covid once you thought you had COVID and you were not going to have your friend over, you said that's you were going right. to watch it. So that's, that's why right. I, was, I, I, didn't. I was live tweeting you because I thought you were freaking watching it. <laughs> okay. My B. Mia was not lying. We do have our second special guest today on Pop Junction. I feel like he's pretending like he's, it, it feels very much like the Maury, like sound booth, noise canceling headphones vibes. You know what I mean? He's doing a really good job of like pretending he's not here right now, <laughs> especially considering how like vivacious and charismatic he is, you know? So charismatic. So charismatic. <laughs> so our special guest today is a dear, 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 dear friend uh, who we met in junior high, Andres Huddy Junior High School, another alum of Andres Huddy Junior High School. That's his major claim to fame. Uh, he works in ed, tech, but really um, he watches too much TV and is a major pop culture addict. Addict. 
Oh my God, I can't speak right now. I had a little too much rosé. He also runs sort of a holiday baking side business. He's he's majorly passionate about baking, as am I. And uh, he does sort of seasonal pushes where, you know, he'll drop the list of the prices and the items. And he says, you know, put in your orders, bitches. I'm doing a limited run on baking baked goods for the next two weeks. Get them in. He knows how to create a stir, you know? He does have to create a stir. Yeah, and he does that regularly on his Facebook about all things pop culture, but in particular, versus and insecure. Like, those threads tend to be, like, really, really popping. Um, but really, uh, everyone's here for his takes all the time. I would watch a show. Um, <laughs> wait, say it again? I would watch a show. Like, if there was a show. Hosted? Pop show, right. Yeah, hosted by our guest. Get the fuck out of here. Like, he should be hosting Pop Junction. Like, we should not, we should be like his, oh my God. We'll just you know, we'll just <laughs> his little, like, backup, exactly. his backup dancers. <laughs> um, without further ado, please welcome Kristen Wall! Yeah! Oh my God, you can speak! <laughs> PhD in education. Thank you. And in pop culture. And <laughs> yes. I'm so excited awesome. to be here on the PJ Pop Junction. The PJ. See, he already coined like a new cute nickname for the podcast. I the know. PJ. The PJ. Chris, how are you? Like, tell us about your life. Like, how are you? I, I haven't seen you. I've only really been connected to you through Facebook since junior high, I feel like. And we caught up a little bit before we started recording, but like, I don't know. What are the vibes the last two years? You know, COVID. <laughs> um, and um, I moved. I was in Massachusetts for a little while. Now I'm back in New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. I, I feel like this is New York, but I mean, I can get to my mom's house in 30 minutes, which is faster than some people can do in living in Harlem. So living in New Jersey, just enjoying the world as it is and as much as we can in this moment. Um, mm. Excited to be here. As you know, the the one good thing about the pan the panty, as I call it, <laughs> um, has been the ability to really engage in pop culture. Um, I watch an insane amount of television, and I write about it. I post on Facebook about it. Today, I started. I don't know if you do. You remember the show Head of the Class? From yes, with Robin. Did they do a reboot? They did a reboot. Yes. It's not so good. Oh. But I mean, I'm going to give it. It got canceled already, so it only got one season. Oh shit! So I'm just going <laughs> to give it a watch to see. I'm really interested. To, I'm really interested in like how pop culture represents education and black boys mm. and mm. all like not just like oh I watch it to watch it, but like what does it mean when that's how we consume. Like when white viewers in middle America, that's how they consume what black boys are in school, right? When they right. watch a show like that. And so like, I try to watch shows like that, but also, you know, like I watched Succession last week. I watched all of um, Girls, Sex Life of College Girls last oh, I week. That show was so good. Yeah, you guys are like really <laughs> parallels. Yeah. So yeah. I just I just spent a lot of time watching. It's also just, I think, yeah, it's just how you say, like, you know, I feel like when I was in the classroom, teaching kids it was like music like I had to stay on top of music to like mm -hmm. do what like be like cool and I feel like now I can still do that <laughs> without music because like there's the radio car the radios like whatever and there's just so much music with streaming now that it's like yeah. I know what's going on in pop culture and television and t insta twitter memes I watch all of girlfriends during the pandemic I mean there's just so many things I watch during the pandemic and obviously insecure yes <sighs> insecure <laughs> so I mean we oh, 
so we well you know what i we'll talk about like our own experiences knowing each other later i feel like let's just let's just fucking get to it um so chris we we already talked at length about insecure in our insecure episode but we would love to hear what the show has meant to you you know yeah um I think it's just so important. It was so important to see things play out of like 30, ourselves, like 30 something year old black professional people, right? Um, And the idea that like, we've all worked so hard to get where we are, but we also have many flaws and are still trying to figure out how to figure out what that balance looked like. Um, You know, even though I'm, I did not go to Stanford or, you know, like some of the main things in the show is the idea that like, those are your friends. Like this is my the experience of my friends they went through. I see so much of myself in this, in these characters, even the ones that I hate. I know we're going to talk about one of the ones that you love that I, that I love to hate, but you know, like the idea that like, they are us. Do you know what I mean? Like, and what does this mean to figure out what this is? And I think why I think it's just so, so, so important. It's very easy for people to, externalize things but i think that this gave you a mirror to look at almost like like it created the mirror for you mm-hmm. so you could you you didn't have to do any of your own thinking but you can see like oh that is something i would do or oh girl mia girl ooh, that's, this is mia like don't you know like so it just gave you that without having to like yeah. like feel like you're putting yourself out there but like the writers did a really good job i think of putting out these things that were um quite real for I think specifically many black and brown queer young professionals, but I think anyone who understands what the angstiness of 30 means for in, you know, early thirties looks like for people. I just need to piggyback on that to talk about how many times I felt attacked watching this show. Like <laughs> the season one finale to this day is one of the most painful, hurtful, horrible things that has ever happened to me. Cause I felt like it was happening to me, like watching my boo, like have this rebound sex. Like that was oh, like, yeah, yes. that, that image is seared into my brain. <laughs> it really like, is. Maybe rough, like backbreaking. Set. I was like, I was right. like, right. Like, that you never want to think about. You never want to think about. It's the nightmare. It's the nightmare. It's the nightmare. And it was just there. Like mm-hmm. they didn't even make you wait a whole like tight hiatus to like, you know, just to play that out. They were like, no, we're going to give it to you now. Like, this is what... Well, you know, Lawrence, I mean, if you watch the end of the... They didn't think Lawrence was going to be beyond one season. Yeah. They said that in the documentary that yeah. Lawrence was really supposed to be the first season kind of... Yeah. Thing, and then people really loved him and that whole yeah. situation. It was like, created a Lawrence Hive. Like, I was in the Lawrence Hive. Yeah, I, I think that... It, yeah, like, it's triggering, right? And I it's think it's triggering. Fun. It's very triggering. And it's like... That's why it's so thought provoking. That's why people, to your point earlier, are like tweeting them and texting about it, like as it's happening. Because it's like, think about it. This happened on Sunday night when you're about to live this life on Monday. (laughs) 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 Sunday night when you're like, you know, especially on a lot of the things that are in this professional context, like it was like Sunday night, wind down, like let's get together, and then you're like. But wait, I'm going to be like Molly in the law firm tomorrow morning. Like, mm-hmm. like, how does this feel? Right. Or I worked at We Got Y'all. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think it's yeah. just like, I think that's also a really, I, I think there should be such smart choices. Like We Got Y'all is like. The nonprofit white industrial complex in your Yes. And it's, <laughs> and it's the thing that like, I think for many of us in our generation who were like some of those organizations were the things that we did to be, oh, here's how we can realize our social justice work, or here's how we can yeah. start like the work that we do. And then 
again, I think for many of us, when we got to, I think for myself, especially like when I got turned like 30 around that time when I was in my doc program and I'm like, oh, this is some fucked up shit. Like what they're doing to these kids is not right. Like I understand I'm thankful for the ways in which these organizations and these, 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 these um, entities introduced me to the, to an educational space in the educational world. And I also recognize how they're doing things that are harmful to black and brown kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so mm-hmm. it's just really, I think those are the things that are also, it's just like well time because I think that is the moment that like people have, you know, you're at that place. Are you getting married? Are you going to have kids? Like, are you, fin- have you finished a graduate program? Like it is that moment around that 30 mark that is just so pivotal, I think for many people. And to that point about mm-hmm. triggering the Lawrence situation, it's like by that point, we probably have all had that a Lawrence type situation where there was like, yeah some painful breakup. Do you know what I mean? Like that just, it's just so raw for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you have to figure out what that means to move on from that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it just brings out, I think so much of the personal, professional and romantic issue mm-hmm. that you deal with, I think. Especially because when the show starts, they're in their late twenties. And so exactly. you see how a lot of the decisions they were making was about that run up to 30, which in hindsight, which, you know, being us all now being in our late thirties is like hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, y'all trying to figure it all out by 30. That's cute though. That's cute. That was cute. Yeah. <laughs> that was part of why Issa broke up with Lawrence in the first place. Cause she's like, I've been with you through most of my, most of my twenties. I've given you right. my twenties. Like, you know, you don't have your shit together. Like girl, you can rock with that. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> actually. <laughs> and it's so funny because I feel like as viewers, it's easy for us to say like, just get back with Lawrence, just get back with Lawrence. But when you look at your own life, you're like, I was that fucking idiot. Like, you know, second guessing, like, do I go back with this person? The agony of her, like, you know, looking at all the different roads that she could possibly take in the last episode. I feel like it's all of us. Like, we all do that. Well, if you're like an overly analytical person. <laughs> like, but I think that like, that's actually what a lot of people... I think that's what the th- your thirties are, right? Thirties yeah. are this moment of like I have some data. Do you know what I mean like <laughs> that is my twenties and the and whatever fuck shit that happened to me in my twenties? Do you know what I mean like? And now in your thirties, you're like I can go down a path that is very much like the twenties, like twenties with a little asterisk. I can choose this new path. That's this. Mm-hmm. I go down a totally different path that I have no clue what that's going to mean for me. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean like? Mm-hmm. Um, and those paths are actually, I think, sets of paths. Because, like, there's a professional mm-hmm. set of choices. There are personal sets of yeah. choices. There are yeah. romantic sets of choices. And the idea, I think, that this show helped you figure out, like, through all these characters that they're trying to make. I mean, especially, I think, this last season highlighted that with Molly. And, like, mm-hmm. she had her work issue, things to deal with. She had her man things to deal with. She had her mother and that whole storyline with her mother. And, like, what was mm-hmm. it? Like, oh, there are three di- very different sets of choices that sometimes can be in conflict with one another, right? Mm-hmm. Like... Um, and I think that the show helped to, to kind of show that these are way more nuanced conversations. And that's where I think to the point, like, let's just pull up, say that, like, I hated Molly for a long time. And I'm going to tell you why I hated Molly in a second. But <laughs> you I, you got empathy for her in this final season. because I, you know, were, I really was about to kill that bitch. Like, yes. I was about to kill her. Like, <laughs> he was going to have to die. Now, I, I think for me... I think I hated Molly in many ways because I identify with Molly in a lot. <laughs> yeah. Identify with this. I've been thinking a lot about this, about the trauma. And I'm going to use this, the trauma of being gifted in black. Right. Mm-hmm. And like 
how there is there are ways that I mean, even though she's not named Nigerian in the show, but like the the you know the idea the of actress, like yeah immigrant background, and you're like, oh, you have to perform at this level. Here are the options of jobs you can have. Like your parents or your grandparents came for this to this country for you to be better. Do you know what I mean like? And then you're dealing with imposter syndrome and racial microaggressions and all these things that are happening, right? Like we never learn how to turn off. Right. And so like you're always on in this way and everything's a analytical decision. Nothing is just like a my heart tells me to do this. Do you know what I mean? Like it is like, what are the calculator risk of dating this person? Like, what does that look like? What are the pros, the cons, the pluses, the minuses? It's like, like an actuarial dashboard like shows up above every yes. person you're dating. <laughs> it's like look, look over their head, like job, wealth, do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> where they want to live, what car they drive, like whatever those things are. And comorbidities, like do they have any pre-existing conditions? <laughs> and, and and I think Molly was spending so much time about that. And I think it's this idea that like you have to posture so much in this space, right? This idea of like, even when you're on a date, you're like, how do I present myself in this way? Because you've been you've been primed to present yourself in particular ways. And it's this moment where she can finally not have to present herself in a particular, like why her Torian work, I think, is because it is like, we are at work together every day. And there's, at this point it's become normalized and it's not this sort of like, I'm performing for you. You're mm -hmm. seeing me in my most natural state at this point in time, rather than like being performed with like all of her other boyfriends. It was like, like, you know, who? if I were to look back at Molly, her best boyfriend was the guy who she, the first season who she dissed because he he got a blowjob from another man. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that. Like he was like the best one of all the ones that we kind of really been dealing with, right? Like maybe up until Andrew, do you know what I mean? Like, I like Andrew. And I like Andrew. But again, it's like you couldn't get past like this. I have to keep this front. I have to do this. I have to do that rather than like, you know, oh, oh, he did this. This happened with another man. Okay, that was twenty years ago. Like, wh why are we still talking about this right now when we were thirty? And he's telling you this happened when he was a teenager. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just a very. Um, I just I love I love to hate her because I think she just represents so much of what gifted black, high performing, high achieving people do, and I hated to see that play out for her. Yeah, I think to to me his point of like I'm already past that age. My girl, don't do it. Don't do it, girl. Please don't do it. And then she did it, and I'm like, oh. I'm <laughs> yeah, she had a lot of moments. And Caitlin knows this about me. Like when there was like cringe moments on screen that like make that like would make you look away. Like I, you know, it's like one of the worst things when I'm watching TV. And she just had so many of them where I was like, am I really about to watch you do this and say this? Yeah. And I, I'm still not. I'm still not over how she didn't ask Andrew to introduce her to the connect for her block party. Like I was just like, that is the pettiest shit, fucking ever. Like, and, I, and, and she and she, she gave exactly that rationale of like, this is serious, girl. Like I'm not trying to like mess up this thing with Andrew because she was still had it. She still had it in this like protective glass bubble. Like it was gonna break if she asked her man for a favor you know it was just like but it was a but it's a it was a professionalizing of that relationship do you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. Yeah. rather than being like oh yes there's professional things at play but there's also like I have a personal relationship and at some point those two things have to come together right uh-oh uh-oh we lost Kate um I don't know what happens now <laughs> 
Well, we'll just keep talking about it until she comes back. But like, you know, she doesn't come. She doesn't like. That's what Torian does. Torian's able to break that wall for her. Yeah. For her to say like, yes, we have work, but we also can yeah. do edible together. Or yeah. we can also, I could tell you what's yeah. going on with my mom and you feel yeah. okay. And, and because he's her peer, although ultimately he became a partner, because like he has to navigate those same worlds too. So she can trust him. Uh-oh, what's she saying? She's trying to get back on, but keep talking. So yeah, so she yeah. so, you know, right. Like she has these, she, with him, she can trust that she can let her guard down because she knows that he actually has the same things at stake, right? Like she can smoke up with him at a party because she knows he's not gonna fucking <laughs> turn okay. around and use that against her. He has the same shit to lose, you know? So And also I think after they remember that was all after they had that whole night out at the lawyer's retreat. Yeah. Where like she was drunk and they laughed yeah. about it. Yeah. And I'm happy for her. I'm happy she found her person. You know? Me too. Uh, that was redeeming. But I also wonder, and this is what I wrote in this Facebook post, I wonder also, if why she was so successful is because she was spending more time building her friend group strong, like her backbone became important for her. Yeah. So by focusing on the backbone, she was, it just happened, Torian happened. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yes. They always her, say, they always, that's a cliche, right? They say like, um, she, they say that like it happens when you're not looking. Cliche. Yeah, blah blah. Yeah, yeah, blah blah. That's how I feel about it. And, you know, personally, yeah, yeah, blah a lot. I'm about to be 40 and it's still happening. <laughs> I'm still trying to understand how that's going to happen. But you know, I think that yeah. you know this idea that how do we? Um, that was what I think was important for all of them this season, right? Like yeah. really getting her business and being on her business grind and really doing her, yeah. you know, like. Boom, mm-hmm. Kelly really like as mm-hmm. much as killing her was fun, it was crazy, but like it mm-hmm. forced her to reflect on this thing, right? Like, yeah. When Caitlyn comes back, we really need to talk about Tiffany, but well, uh, um, <laughs> Tiffany's another one I love to hate. I mean, I'm not crazy about Tiffany, but like Tiffany needed to have this moment with Derek where they're about to move and the baby. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they all had to have something that brought them together so that then they could be more successful. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> God, I hope it didn't fuck up the recording. That's like, that's my concern. And I know that you were like probably dropping gems like while I was gone. Well, the reason why I don't know is because like you're- It looks like the timer just starts started, right? Well, you're, no, the timer for me still says 29 minutes. But-, oh. but oh, My end probably just dropped out. Right, but at the yeah. bottom, your bar was the only one that was moving the whole time with like your audio. So I see everybody's okay. audio, so I think we're good. Oh, yeah, okay. now you just came back because you started talking again. So all right. Oh, I see everyone's bars. It like everyone has a has a little bar. Everyone, everyone has a moving bar when they're talking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Continue. Yeah, but yeah, I think that they were all kind of like the, the focus on finding friendship, I think helped them find them all find love. That is so true. That's a that's a gem right there. That's a gem right there. Right. And it's like, and, I, and I, that's why I was in this face of post. I'm like, should we be really thinking about who are our Molly's and our Kelly's and mm-hmm. our Tiffany's and mm-hmm. focusing on that rather than focusing on like finding a person? Right. Because, like, yeah. Like, cause I, I don't know. I don't know how you all feel about this. I don't feel your, I don't, I don't, and maybe this is because I have not been in like head over heels love with someone. Right. But I don't think one's partner can be everything for them. Right, I don't think anyone's partner should be everything for them, right? And right. so, I think that that's why it's so it was important. Like, 
you keep looking for these partners to fill everything for you. And actually, there's a role that Issa plays in your life, right? There's a role that Kelly plays in your life. There's a role that Tiffany plays in your life, Molly. Do you know what I mean? That you needed to sort out so that when you do have all these other challenges come up for you, you can actually deal with them appropriately, right? So, like, when you actually start talking to Torian and you're like, well, I start talking to him, and they're like, text him, call him, that should be your man, stop playing games, like... They could do that because, like, they have your, they understand what you need in that moment versus before where they were all not, like, really sure about each other. Mm. That really really And there's that moment at the end of the episode of the series finale where, and the, you know, in the documentary, they revealed that it was essentially an off script moment, but where um, Molly says um, to Issa, you know, like, Thank you for loving me when I was me, and no matter like where I am, I like I know I'm going to be okay. And I think that's to Chris's point of just like right, like relationships do come and go. It is your friends that like are around forever. So yeah, like they are technically the more. I mean, my, I mean, I, I would infer from that like they are the more important relationship to like nurture, um, or, or I mean, maybe more important. Shouldn't I shouldn't make it a well, people were saying that that's the love, that was actually the love story of the show, not Lawrence and Issa, right. right? The love story of the show is really Molly and Issa, right? Like, right. that, like, you have to go through your trials and tribulations. And, like, even, like, I think about this idea that, like, I don't know if I could go back this far to Huddy to point somebody out that far. But I'm sure along the way, all the risk could point back to somebody from, like, middle school, high school, college that were, like, you were like my Molly then, and we let some petty thing go by. Do you know what I mean? Like, that caused us to not be friends anymore. And, yeah. like, should we be, should I, should I be, re, like, should we be reengaging? Like, was it, yeah. Like, is that what's the thing that's missing? Is it the way that you called me out or the way that you held me accountable is a way that no one else has held, ever held me accountable? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I was too young to, like, process it or handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had new yeah. me and I was like I've had those friendships. I've had those yeah. friendships like die because I was too young to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend like that from college who actually is literally my Molly and we had a falling out around her wedding that like I I haven't even really like I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it cuz it's so raw and like hard to think about. But she was like definitely like one of my best friends, if not my best friend from college. And we, you know, five years ago had this falling out because she became a bridezilla. And I was just like, I can't be, I, I, you know, if I, if I could think beyond the moment, I would have been able to think like in the history and potential future of our friendship, like, will this moment of bridezilla really matter? Like, mm. she's, you know, like, she's about to get married. I'm happy for her ultimately. Like, let me let her be her bridezilla self. And <laughs> like... Just show up and be there, and then we'll move on because it'll be a moment. But I was just like, I can't believe you're treating me like this as a Brazilla. Which, honestly, for me, was probably also partially like, you're entering this new chapter of your life. You're being a diva about it. Hmm. Is it triggering for me because I'm not there, right? Like, am I feeling judged in some way? Cause you're kidding me like I don't matter because you now think maybe you're better than me because you're getting married. Like I, I, in the, all been dynamics like deeper. But those are the things that are playing out with like with Molly and Issa. Do you right, know what I mean? Like, right, 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 right. Molly, you know, one of the reasons to your point why I wanted to fight Molly last season is like if Issa had come to her work event and done 
even said a word to her at a work event. Like and that. Molly had a consistent pattern of saying shady things to her at work events, right? Mm-hmm. From the very first season when they had the We Got You All mm-hmm. piece mm-hmm. and when she got involved with Daniel, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to the, t- um, there was that one. There was the obviously one where they had the fight at the block party, but there was an, oh, when she had the fundraiser that time at her, in her, in mm-hmm. her, um, Courtyard, beginning, and, she, and Andrew came, and she was uh-huh. feeling away about Andrew, uh-huh. and she threw shade. Then, right, like there are ways in which, like, it's those things that, like, you're. There's a way in which, like, I think she was feeling like Issa was living her life at work in ways she couldn't live her life at work, and she was so jealous of this mm. thing that she couldn't move beyond it. Do you know what I mean like? And it, I'm. I, you know, I wish we would have gotten more on what the healing process. That's one thing that I think was missing in this final season. Mm-hmm. We went from at Stanford, are we going to be good girl? <laughs> to them yeah. being together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I wish we would have seen a little bit more. I mean, that's one of the things I think, even yeah. when you think about Kelly and, and, and Tiffany, she went from being like, you not, I didn't let you play my baby shower, flipping out to next, you know, she's the godmother. And y'all be like, how did like it was? I wish they yeah. would have unpacked some of that, and some of that so, is what they lost in this this translation. Well, some of it's lost, but some of it also that to me also felt um, honest in some ways. Like I would have wanted to see real mature growth of a relationship, but sometimes in, in those types of relationships, like you just make a decision, like we're gonna just move past this, and we didn't necessarily do all the like ordered steps of healing that we maybe could have done to put this in the healthiest place. But like we're just making a decision to move on, and like that. All, so that to me felt like I just think that the fact that like there was so much time jumping in this final season, I know that like that's what made some of this hard, right? Like yeah. I feel like the whole last episode could have been a whole season. They could have spent a whole right. season on birthdays and literally just gone through. Like even if it was a condensed like a six episode season where like we got everyone's birthday. Do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. that's a- um. And I love that. It, 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 and we, we could have like Issa birthday, a Lawrence birthday, a Molly birthday, a, Te- a Kelly, uh, like, you know, uh, a Tiffany. Cause that's like, for example, and you know, this is what I was, uh, when you were gone, I was thinking about this. Like Tiffany is another one who I wish we got more from, but because she, in real life, they don't like her. I know they really just did her. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, in real life, her. they hate her. With, with Tiffany, like, let, let's can we just talk through let's let's talk through some unanswered questions we had. Yes, please. Right. One, what happened with Tiffany and Derek back in the day while he was sleeping on the couch? Yes. Right. I think he probably had a flirtation, you know, something, something with somebody. I don't know. But then remember people were speculating that maybe that wasn't his baby. Remember there was that speculation at that point too. Like maybe I thought she- that was reaching. Reaching, but questions that <laughs> need to be answered. <laughs> okay. Um, second question. You know, and actually, I third another reach was that he was queer, and I'm not far off on that idea. Interesting, right? Like because of how she responded to Jared, like of how Tiffany responded to the whole Jared situation, like she was just mm. trying to be super res- defensive or super mm. like on one side, right? Like almost like to block people out from knowing her story. That's one. Secondly, why do Kelly and Amal hate each other? I don't know, but that moment in the finale <laughs> where they're at Issa's party. And he's like, 
What did he say to her after she she gave him some quip and he was like, "Oh, like, did you enjoy that?" I can't remember exactly what he yeah, said. You find that funny or whatever. Like, that funny or whatever. Like, I thought that was like one of the best lines in the whole show. Like every time I watch that scene, I crack the fuck up. But also that she, you know, she when she slapped the thing out of his hand, it was like that was, a, that was, a <laughs> that was amazing. Script. <laughs> oh, was it? No, she just did it as part of like their <laughs> like. Was great. I, have this, I have this grand idea that they that she was his first. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that, like, she was his first, and <laughs> he was like, "Oh yeah, girl, I'm gay. Like, this wasn't it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that hurt her feelings. And ever since then, they just can't get along, right? Like, yeah. Okay. Where the hell did condolences go? The baby I, didn't grow. I don't know, but I don't care. Like, <laughs> but this is the thing, is though, condolences clearly was able to grow by going to events where she knew all these people were going to be and be fine at them. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Right? So why was condolence? It would have been cute if condolences were at the wedding. Why would she be at Molly's wedding? Well, because the whole point is that, remember, she was jealous of condolences before. Remember, Molly was jealous of condolences last season. Molly was jealous of condolences? That's why I can't because we're just saying condolences like totally <laughs> her mama gave her her mama named her condolences <laughs> um, no you don't remember when when Issa and Molly were like I mean when condolences and, and, and Issa were like at the coffee shop and Molly came, or oh, her Molly at the coffee shop and then condolences rolled up and was like yes, oh join us for yes, dinner yes, yes. and Molly was so pissed that was part that was all part of their whole yeah. like friend breakup do you know what I mean yeah. like because that to me was less about condolences herself and just like her being possessive of her friendship with Easton. Yeah. But I, I can imagine that like it's it's something like a wedding, which is like which in this case was like the final scene of the show, right? Like yeah. we should have seen a mall, we should have seen condolences, like I see we should have seen something. Know Molly can afford it. We know she can afford like a thousand yeah. person wedding. I mean shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, so like, yeah, okay. I guess Dro for sure should not be there because her and Dro and their issues. Do you know what I mean like? Yeah. But even in that, um, okay, so we saw and we got y'all. Like, what happened to the boss? Did she go away? Is Frida now in charge? Like, I can see that. That boss. Yeah, I know. I can see that as well. I just feel like there's a lot of like, and and this is one of the f- flaws I think of a third and a thirty minutes. 30 minute show, but on another tangent, I just want to just say why black people only get 30 minute shows, but we're going to talk about that. Another, another point that all, a lot of these major shows that black people aren't are in are 30 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like wow. minus scandal, which was not an all black cast. Do you know what I mean? Like, and what's this other one? Yeah. But maybe minus murder and how to get away with murder, which was not all black. cast. to be a Shonda Rhimes production. Shonda Rhimes, yeah. <laughs> or, or Tyler Perry. Shonda Rhimes or Tyler Perry, you get an hour. Everybody else, you get 30 right. minutes. But like, but that makes sense because those are like showrunners that are black. So, yeah, and, she, and, she, and she was saying that they had to even fight HBO to get the time they got for this final episode. Yeah, that 10 minutes. That <laughs> extra 10 minutes. And they actually said they got, a, they actually filmed an hour and it got cut down yeah. from an hour to 40 minutes. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. after um, what HBO did for it. So I feel like that's one of the flaws of this process is like with only 10 minute, 10 episodes per season, 28 to 32 minutes per episode. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, those 28 so- episodes be pissing me off though. I'm like, where are my two minutes at? I'm like, what, what is going like so many things happen. And then like, 
I was reflecting on this as I rewatched the whole season. Beautiful how they focus on LA and gave you shots of LA and the restaurants and the, but if you add that all up, <laughs> we wasn't watching no damn show. Let's show you, we want to highlight what Lamert Park looks like. We want to highlight what these Esawan books looks like. Do you know what I mean like? But those two minute montages or two three minute montages Damn, every episode, we don't, it's a lot of character development. Three minutes is a lot yeah. of time for character development in a show that that's short. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot that we lose in a in a thirty minute drama. Like, there's so I, much. I, that, I felt like Issa still had control mm. of those decisions because she she wanted it to also be a love letter to LA. LA. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I felt like. I felt like, yes, there were all these trade-offs, but they were her trade-offs, like, you know. Right, but but that's not to say that those trade-offs didn't hurt her personally, probably. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know when I've been writing something and, like, something has to go, like, whatever it is, it hurts. Like, it, it hurts. Nate, oh, we haven't talked about my boot, Nathan. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, you're you, Nathan? Oh. Were you, were you, were you hoping they were going to be together? I actually, my answer to this this question was I thought she was going to be single. Yeah, I thought that too. You thought that too, yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to end and she was going to be solo YOLO, loving my life, big businesswoman running the streets. But That's they answered that in the documentary of like, look, that is not what people need to see right now. Like, <laughs> especially, especially for black women, right? Like, that's the, that's the reality that many of us get left with anyway, which is like, yeah. you're about to take all these degrees. I hate that phrase from that book from um, Very Smart Brothers. That's like, your degrees won't keep you warm at night or some shit. Uh. Like, oh, I love it. Uh. Um, <laughs> but it's true. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, but I thought, yeah. and they said, basically, they were like, look, like, that's, like, that's not, like, that's not the payoff that fans deserve after, like, being so invested in like these characters for so long. Like, especially because it's like, like they could have done two things. They could have made the point that like, you can be fully fulfilled alone, which like is a valuable- Which like, is why Issa didn't get married in the finale. Molly did. Mm. Right, right, mm -hmm. right. That's why it was important for like, we saw Issa had her engagement ring. Yeah. Right, like, but we didn't get, act, like she could have broken up with Lawrence after that, for all exactly. we know. And I, and I, and, I, and and I think that I think the and I think it ends ambiguously because she even says when they get back together, she's like, "I'm okay with finding out," which is like right. It's more like her her willingness to try to try the road as opposed to like sitting and like yeah <laughs> overanalyzing yeah. it forever. Through rom com, it ends with the possibility, which is really all we need in, in an uh, American rom com. I just need to know it's going to end with the vision of you riding off into the metaphorical sunset. That's, that's all I'm asking for. I just need to keep hope alive, you know? <laughs> so now that we're here, I wanted to ask both of you your level of satisfaction, both with the final season and with the finale. Like, what were your hopes, your expectations going into it? Like, what were you here for? You know what I mean? Sometimes, like, when I'm really, really into a show and it's leading up to the finale, there are a lot of people who get, like, for, do you remember the show Lost, for example? Everybody oh. was very caught up in, like, answering all the questions and everything. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, as long as I'm emotionally satisfied, like, I'll be okay. Like, I don't need everything answered. But were you emotionally satisfied in the finale? 
I was with the lost finale, yeah. but usually like in any show that I love, like I'm there for the emotional satisfaction. Like if, you know, if, if yeah. a story's not wrapped up, I'm like, ah, oh, who gives a shit? Like what I wanted to happen, like happened, we got like the emotional payoff. So what were you guys there for? Do you, did you feel satisfied? I was, com- I was comparing it to other H. So HBO doesn't have a good track record with finales, right? Like we know this, like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. people are still to this day, like ready to like, you know, fucking wreck some shit. Cause I mean, they were even just sloppy in the editing. There's like that one episode where there's like a Starbucks cup <laughs> in the background. Like they were just getting fucking lazy at the end. And so I went, so I don't, so it's hard for me to answer the question because I was prepared for a wholly dissatisfying experience. Like, cause that's what HBO had prepared me for. And even in the documentary, Issa talks about that. Like she was, she was like, she was oh, hyper aware of this like larger cultural expectation of like, this is how the show is going to be remembered. Is it going to go in the canon of like shitty finales or not? Mm-hmm. And, um, and honestly, I think that's part of what, why she changed the ending. Cause you know, she also changed the ending. Like, I don't think she was going to end up with Lawrence in the end, but it was like, look, we could either be this or we could be that. And so I was personally wholly satisfied plot holes and all because I was left with hope. I was like, this is ending to me with like this friendship that's gone through the ringer like in what we're supposed to infer is like a stronger place than it's ever been. She has hope. And with this like blended family that she's building with Lawrence, which at the beginning of the season was like so far from reality. And like, you know, so I, so I, it's one of my favorite finales of all time. Like I'm good. Like I'm fucking satisfied. Knowing that one of the, one of the options that the one that she changed at the last minute was her and Molly going to Morocco and doing their Morocco trip. Oh, that's Remember right. in season one, they had like had the dinner because like they decided to like save money or whatever it was. And that was that was what, what she scrapped. Like, we're not going to go to Morocco. We're going to film this other ending. Um, I'm satisfied with the ending. I think the final season overall was a bit weak. I just felt there was a lot of filler episodes. Agreed. Right? Like, I think there were too many filler episodes. I think we... There were more important things or funny, more important or funnier things for us to find out, right? All that time spending with Lawrence and condolences, if she wasn't going to be in the end, why the hell we needed all that time with that? Because Lawrence Hive wanted to see his journey. Girl, save that for somebody else. What I don't want to say. Again, same thing with Nathan. We had all that thing with the barbershop and him fighting with the barbers and all, you know what I mean? Like, for what? We could have scrapped Nathan altogether. He I was just—I was just gonna say, like, if she wasn't gonna end up with Nathan, you're right. Why did we get so invested in his life? In the um, documentary, they talk about how, she, again, writing the final season, she felt a lot of stress because she was like, "How do you know? Do I need to do I need to wrap up every storyline neatly?" And some person gave her this wisdom of like, <clears throat> "Just write it. Like, these characters are just living their lives, and the finale doesn't need to be the end of a story. It just needs to be." the end of the story that we see, right? And so like that apparently like freed her to write this season, not like she was like driving it all to like a finite end point, but just more of their lives. It just happens to be the last season that we see. So that for me, like freed me from like all that linearity that, you know. Yes, okay, here we go say yes and, because one of the people that I think got shafted in the show was her brother. Why was the only gay person on the show giving this very side, jokey, 
role. Do you know what I mean? Like, and how powerful or how amazing would have been, especially that I know that I, I know it. Uh, well, he was in the first three seasons, but there's at least one black gay man who was in the writer's room. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. why did that not get, exp- why? Like, I would have rather you like, Give me some more to Amal rather than like he's re- he's helped you move. He DJs at a little a little event. Like, give us a little bit more about him rather than us like because I think he also was an important backbone for her. That kind of dis we never knew what he was doing in the background. Do you know what I mean? Like besides that one episode where they were together for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, I agree. With and that. actually, I liked that episode because it I felt like I, I guess for me I'm taking it all at face value, which is to say like. I'm an only child, so I can't even speak to sibling relationships. So I'm saying everything I'm saying with zero context. But I could just imagine, like, a girl that has a younger brother. It might play out like that, where he's kind of, like, around sometimes. And, like, depending on where you are at in your life, like, your relationship may have more or less depth because they're just kind of, like, decoration sometimes when you, at, your, at your birthday versus, like, this is someone that I like rely on, which, but so the Thanksgiving episode was interesting. Cause I felt like, okay, like I'm seeing some more like, yeah, but then we get so much time, with, we get so much time with, but then we get so much time with Molly's stinking brothers. Why? Like, why we got so much time with Curtis and the, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like here again, yeah. we, we got to hear about Curtis and his five baby mamas or the other one who's dumb, like whatever they were going through. Do you know what I mean? Like, but um, yeah. like same thing with Issa's mother, right? Like, yeah. and we never heard a word about Issa's father. We knew they divorced. Did he die? Is he just not around? Like, there were again, like, they were just. I, I feel like we got a lot of, and like, it's hard. And that's where it's like, was Issa just a driver in the show to help everybody else grow? Mainly, do you know what I mean? Like, because there's so many unanswered questions about Issa herself. Hmm. They, like, we know her mother was around. He, she, she was at the Thanksgiving episode the mom was in, and the mother was in the episode where Nathan spoke to her on the she phone. Calls on, yeah, exactly. Right? That's yeah, it. Nothing. That's nothing relative to Molly's. But we had a lot of time with Molly's mom between. But, but that's why, in so many ways, and I don't know what it means that this is true, but like we got to see Mo- like Molly has a has a true arc of like growth and character depth. Like we see her like go through this evolution. We see the texture of her life. We see her failed romantic relationships, the many of them. We see the familial relationships. We see the the, the grief and the sorrow around losing her mom. Like it, like she got the full. Yep. Like, you know. And, and Tiffany got the lease. Tiffany got the lease. Tiffany got the lease. But Issa was not, in many ways, like the focal point of the show. Yeah. To to throw shade, like, at the showrunner, which is horrible. Um, You know, I've said this before. I think she's acting-wise, like, the weakest link on the show. And I think in some ways, like, I'm not sure she should have, she could have carried, like, that deep of a character arc, to be honest. That's how yeah. I feel. She has her moments, but I think that she's pretty limited in what she can do. And Yvonne Orji is like surprisingly very versatile. Like Yvonne is emotionally Yvonne rich. is fucking amazing. Like I'm she's an amazing actor. Like, My girl <laughs> Kelly is the best one out of all of them. Agreed. Agreed. And they didn't get enough. T- Tiffany and Kelly were treated very much like they were not th- they were not three-dimensional a lot of the time. And also, it seems like I don't understand how like Molly and Tiffany are sorors. How they don't like? You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know they were sorors. <laughs> the fact that like yeah. AKA came after them, like you will yeah. not wear our lettuce. You will but not then, wear. They were sorors. Do you know what I mean? And in season one, they they did the whole call to each other and everything at a party. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm. These are just things that I feel like 
some things were just let, like not really what, talked what, about, what? and we spent so much time. Like now, can I just quickly comment on the Greek of it all? Because like, I'm still confused about like why everyone was like. I mean, I understand like literally why it was yeah. such a feel that she was out here wearing all the letters and just like she the shield the whole shebang and it was crazy. Yeah. I get it. But like, did we not watch a different world where literally every Greek organization was out there like fake stepping in their letters? Like, no, but, they, but most of those shows, like even like Stomp Yard, etc. So they, they're not Alpha Phi Alpha. They're not Zeta Phi Beta. On, on a different world, they were. It was like literally like Zeta Phi Beta, like Delta Sigma Theta, like Sigma Gamma Rho, AKA like at one point every single one, and the, the ones that pledged were fake. But in the background, in the um, in that little restaurant, you know, yeah, yeah. Games, like people were always just straight posing with the letters, and I was like, yeah. But this gets back to cancel culture and heightened things, and like it, even yeah. season, season one, if I remember correctly, they ski we at each other in season yeah. one. They walk yeah. into the party, and you weren't mad. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Doing your call and throwing up your sign, yeah, party. But like well, now, the show's more prominent; it has more eyes on it. Exactly, like, more people yeah. who are on it, more people are feeling a way about it. I just think that, like, yeah, it's it's these are like I I can't help but to like I'm so thankful that they covered black men and mental health. Do you know I mean like that was important? So that thankful that they that they really unpacked like professional life and how you build be a professional and like how you make take risks on yourself and in your workplace. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm thankful that they talked about the, you know, the crazy nuances of friendship, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I to me, I feel like Amal is one example. I think even like, why is Kelly always the fat, funny girl in the side? Do you know what I mean? Like, I've said that before. We said, we've like, said that in the last episode, yeah. There, there are ways in which the, the show was progressive in dealing with particular issues, right? Like, or even let's use Amal, for example. Why did they find a, a gay person to be a mall? Why did they have to find a straight yeah. black man to play in this day and age where there's so many black gay people? After playing him is identifies as straight. Yes. I didn't know that. Okay. Right? So it's like you could have you didn't even find like a, a, a homosexual, bisexual male to play a mall. That's interesting. Yeah. Right? So I think that there's so many ways in which the show was progressive, but there are also some ways in which the show kind of continued. Uh, stereotypes or tropes mm-hmm. that live in an acting world. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and and I've been really, you know, I don't. There are a lot of other shows like this. I watched again. This is so much help between Harlem. I don't know. Oh, if I watched Harlem. Do you watch Twenties? I watched Twenties. I watched Run the World. I watched all of it. Basically, like any show in this genre, I've consumed but, it. Um, <laughs> or you watch Queen Sugar? Yes. Finally, I, I just got into that like earlier this year, or I guess now it's last year, but last year okay. I was late to the Kofi party. Are you are you caught up though? Like you're fully caught up on Queen Sugar? I did not fully watch the last season, but like I like cheated watched the last season. Like I know what happened in the last season. Okay. So what I'm saying is that like these are examples where like I'm waiting for the day that a show pulls all these pieces together, right? Like mm-hmm. even like insecure, like I wish they'd have really like Chad was like Derek would really have been a good for, good person for Lawrence, but we never saw them really interact with one another. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was his friend was this, like, joking black dude. But even I, in the that was a mess. But, I was, I, but he but represents all the toxic shit I used to be attracted to. Right? Yeah, like, I love that. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that, like, I wish they would have, like, like 
Queen Sugar, for example, is really unpacking what does it mean when a gay man and a straight man are friends, right? Like, mm-hmm. and how do you have an intimate relationship between two black men? I think in 20s, they're beginning to unpack what does it mean when um, condo- the person who plays condolences mm-hmm. character is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. gay marriage to his dude and he realizes like, or not realize, he knows he's bisexual, always known yeah. that, but yeah. never really explored that and begins to explore that, right? Like, I- I'm waiting for a show to fully show us these, I mean, even when you, like, like like a, a big black woman not being like because even Khadijah James is a black woman and living single still plays into tropes. Do you know what I mean like of what big black women are supposed to do, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm waiting for a show, and I think Insecure is in a a, a a milieu of shows that is beginning to unpack that. But like I'm waiting for a showrunner to try to not pull on these tropes in these shows. Mm-hmm. To really help us see the humanity, especially of these sorts of people who, for historic, for long periods of time, have been underdogs, the larger black woman, the gay black man, and not be on like logo, right? Like I want you to be on ABC primetime television, HBO. Everybody's paying for it to do these. Well, these things. networks would need to be queer run, like. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like Issa Rae, you can't say you're friends with. Your 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 circle of friends are the Lena waifs of the world. You know what I mean? Like the people who are in your in your circle of people. It's like they all need to come together and make a show. Like you all have. Or they need to make a production. They need to make a. They need to control all the means of. Yes. Like I can't because because right because when they're because each of each of those types of people like Alina whatever like they're at the top of their creative game, but they still have to sacrifice so much of it when it gets traded in, you know, in the in the commercial spaces, and so they just need to. Pull all their resources together. And the thing is, it's not like they don't have people like, again, like Own. Like Own is a perfect example of this because Queen Sugar is not, is not, is a very good show. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it, because I feel like they need to find a place like, well, I'm sure Oprah would do that, right? Girl, we got a show that we want to put on. It's going to do all these different things. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And we're going to unpack all these pieces and like, that's where, like, I would say, like, if I would say, I would, to your point, the question that you asked, like, Caitlin, around, like, disappointment, mm-hmm. I was disappointed in the story arc, I was, but, like, as, like, of, of, as a consumer of popular culture and watching it with, like, mm-hmm. what, how do you represent what blackness means for the people, for the, what does it represent for the culture? I'm waiting for the culture to really unpack and explore these, tro- these tropes that they continue to play on because they know that's what's going to get them a TV show. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's have four black women or four women, period, right? Go back to Golden Girls, right? Let's have four women, they're friends, and we go through their life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, I, I don't know if I'm watching tonight, but there's like grand, there's all these shows now that supposedly have like black men in groups of four or five. Like, will they be thriving? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, what does that look like? And so like, I, that's what I'm a, a little bit disappointed about. It's like, how can you not, in efforts of like, oh, we're telling the Molly and Issa love story. You forgot about Tiffany as a big black woman who supported you through. Ev- Tiffany was at everything, and y'all still acted like she wasn't doing it. The only glimmer we got was when Molly put her on and got her that job at the at the law firm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, Kelly, right? yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah. But other than that, we're not. And and now that she has a boyfriend, it took the last season, the last, the last episode. <laughs> Yeah, that felt rushed. I was like, "What is happening yeah. right now?" She's like, "Yeah, baby," and I was like, "Excuse me." 
No, what what Chris said about like breaking that final episode into a whole season unto itself, that would have been so satisfying as a viewer too, because while you're watching the finale, you're getting all of these, um, these surprises in terms of the storyline and the characters, but they're happening like every like three minutes, you know, can you imagine if we had gotten like a whole episode devoted to like that point in time and then you're waiting for the next time jump? Like, what's that going to look like? And the anticipation of that between every single episode, that would have been amazing. That would have been such a great experience. Everybody two birthdays, right? I think just about, it was, it was one full year, right? I think a couple more than, I think because like two years. If they had given, if each of the main characters had had two birthdays and you include Lawrence in there, that's a whole season right there. That's a whole season right there. Two birthdays and it still could jump by time. That was still two years of story. Yep. Yep. And you could have gotten a real tie on the bow to condolences. You could have got a real tie on the bow to Nathan besides him just coming up in that show. Like, I'm sure that wasn't just an easy one. He came and hugged her and gave her some money and that was it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it could have wrapped that up a little bit better. It could have been, you know, we could have gotten an understanding of like where she met Desmond. Do you know what I mean? Like, side note, J.R. Bland is a queer man. Why are you going to have J.R. Bland's character be Amal? This is a perfect example of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to give her some grace because I know how hard it was to build the show. I know how hard it was to fight for every minute. And that they got in the extra 10 minutes, 11 minutes that they got in the finale. And so I'm going to maintain where I'm at, which is like, we got what we got. I'm thrilled at what I saw at the very end because I would really, I don't even know how I would have had this episode if she hadn't ended the show with Lawrence. Like, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know that I could have mustered the energy to record. I would have been like, I'm... (laughs) I'm gonna bow out. I'm gonna bow out. I'll be a listener. You would have taken January off from work. You would have just. Yeah, been, like, I don't know. Yeah, I I, like I said, I'm glad that she ended up with Lawrence. Don't get me wrong. I like Lawrence. I love Lawrence. I think he's. I love them together. They're just so awkward together. Like, even at the end, like, they're still so awkward. They are. They are still very awkward together. They I, are. I felt so wrong in those moments in the final season where Lawrence was with, like, you know, very sexually, like, comfortable women who were, like, very comfortable in their skin. I was just like, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> you need someone awkward like Kisa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The other, my other favorite Lawrence moment from the whole series was in her fictional dream, like, two episodes ago, where um, she's, just, you know, she's having these, like, played out scenarios of, like, her making it. And in the scenario where she's, like, down with the community and she, like, you know, was able to, like, work with John and, like, and then Lawrence comes through with, like, the title neck and the gold chain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, can I ask a question? That's another question I have. What did she choose in Did she choose MBW or Crenshaw? Oh, good question. <laughs> she chose Crenshaw. We don't know. All we know oh, yeah, is she has yeah. her own space now. Yeah. And we see the video of her and Koya kind of at the table running things. Yes. We don't know. We had a whole arc of two or three episodes of her being like, MBW or kind of. I feel like they kind of told us because it was in the dream where she went with the corporate white, you know, moneyed, like whatever. That was Nathan's reality. And it was in her like, down home, like I care, I'm local down my community, whatever. That she was with Lawrence, and then she went with Lawrence, and then you know, I feel like it's a good These are things that I'm just saying, like the <laughs> amount of mental energy we spent also figuring out what she was going to do. We could have got a, a, a bow on that. We the only thing I was mentally stressed out about was like if she's going to wind up with Lawrence, and they gave us an ending to that. 
I also wouldn't have been shocked if she had ended up with Crenshaw. I would be here for that because Kofi is fine. So I would have been, I would, I would have learned how to be okay with that. Like I, I don't, I, like these are things that I think that like another season or even another, like another episode or two can. And this is one of the things that I, I think also hurts a lot of these shows. The thirty-minute format, which we grew up with, those shows like Cosby, put this asterisk, but you know what I mean, like yeah. last <laughs> eight seasons. And they were 22 season, 22 episode seasons. Yeah. When you, you, so even though they were sitcoms and they, you got a lot of information, right? Even in that short period of time with 22 episodes, you could cover so much. 17 episodes. Look at Blackish, 17 to 19 episodes every year. You could cover so much, right? That's also, I think, the hindrance. I wonder if this Mm. show would, would like in the, in the big show, would have felt more satisfying at times if it was like a 20 episode. Yeah. And we would have lost a lot of all of it that made the show. Cause it would have been on network television, but like, you know, but I mean, that's what I think is like, uh, this is what I'm trying to say. It's like, I think what happens, this is the, the, the plus and the minus of what we're seeing right now, the plot positive, more black people on TV, more marginalized people on TV, more queer people on TV. Right. But because your deals are on these Netflix get eight episodes, right? We're getting these very shallow sometimes views of these pieces versus if we were on network television and got 22 episodes like back in the day, there's just, there would just been more to give. Right. And so what happens when all these shows like, and especially now a lot of these shows are like, I'm only doing three seasons. I'm only doing four seasons. (laughs) Right. Like, and so it's like, okay, like what's the name? You know, I love sex education. Like that's going to end, I think at the next season. Do you mean like, you're in high school four years. Like, it's time for y'all to graduate. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so what does that mean when these shows are only four seasons? And you're like, well, four, you only got 40 episodes. Whereas, like, some show, if it was on network TV and lasted four seasons, would have gotten almost double the amount of sh- episodes. So much more character development at that point in time. Yeah, and I think um, I think part of the reason that things are going in that direction is also people worry about like overstaying their welcome on television, which is why you have all these television shows that are like, okay, we're sure we're going to end it like once this happens because we don't want to like drag it out and try to like make up some other shit like just for the sake of staying on TV. But yeah. I think the pendulum swung like so far in the opposite direction that that a lot of yeah like you said the character development is sacrificed and you have these like really curtailed storylines and we're not it's not as rich in some ways i will continue to die on this hill <laughs> we need to come out of this critique mode and just appreciate <laughs> we just received y'all we received six seasons five seasons whatever it was we received five seasons of beauty yes. five seasons. Three. Yeah. so it's of black created television. Yes. Okay. I, 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 okay. What I'm saying is like, whatever. I agree with Mia and I agree and I agree and not, but I agree. And (laughs) as we, as Issa and others go off and develop even more amazing shows, like when rap shit comes out and these other shows that are coming out from these amazing creators who have come from insecure, like I just want us to fight for more. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause we deserve it. I'm with that. I get it. We We should fight for more. Right them. now, I appreciate it because look, they almost didn't give me Lawrence and Issa, and they gave me Lawrence and Issa, so I'm fucking taking it. <laughs> yeah, to Mia's point, um, you know, um, I, I sobbed like several times during the finale, like sobbed, 
sobbed, let out an audible sob several times. So I was obviously like emotionally satisfied. So I just, just being mindful of the time, if you're okay with transitioning away from insecure, I just wanted to come back to something that y'all were talking about right before we started recording, I think, which is that bar mitzvahs brought certain black people together when we were in Huddy. And I want to hear about this before we sign off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about the tracking which I know Chris has tons of it. Has we, we spend a whole we have a whole other pod, podcast about gifted and talented education, yeah, yeah. tracking when it's worked, when it hasn't. But you know, we were we were tracked in our middle school, and Chris was, in the and school. some of us were tracked in elementary to that middle school, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I was tracked and, in elementary, and then went to, and then then you're tracked in middle school. So got it. Okay, so I went to elementary school in Canarsie, so it wasn't the same just. I don't think it was the same district, but whatever. We were tracked, and Chris was in the Smarty Smarty Pants program. Caitlin and oh, I that's were right. The- that's right. Caitlin and I were in like that's the- right. You were in Sig, and we were in no, Magnet. I- that's right. We were like the Magnet peons. And I was, you know? in the center for the intellectually gifted. They tried to divide us, but the Jewish people brought us together. Because the way I came to know Chris was, I would see him. First of all, and they sat us at different tables in the cafeteria. We were brought together by our Jewish friends. Um, yes, because our district was racially diverse, right? You had people who came from like the, the Bergen Beach area, right? yeah. many of our Jewish Bergen Beach and like yeah. over by and like yeah. What's the what's the area that's that's like um, people who went to that elementary school that's on Bedford and and. N or Bedford and L. Oh, yeah, like 190. That was 195, right? 195, that's that's where like Jury and Derek and all yeah, that. They went over there, yeah. right? So, like, yeah. basically, you got like that's where the white schools were, but then you had like PS203, which actually my school probably sent half and half black, like people of color and, uh-huh. and, and, um, mm-hmm. and white students. But like, but then you had the other schools, like where Ayana and them went to school, where Ayana and Monique and Aki. Well, Ayana and I went to elementary school together too. So you must, you and Ayana must have been elementary. But, 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 but Ayana was in. So there was a gift. There was a. There was a gifted. There was a. There was Astral in elementary school, which was like the equivalent of like Sig in middle school. So to your point, Ayana was in the equivalent of your elementary program that tracked probably straight into Sig. Yeah. So District Twenty Two, we had Eagle. That was the class yeah. of elementary school. We had Eagle too. Yeah. We had Eagle. Yeah. And, we had yeah. Eagle, and then Eagle kids were the ones who. T- most of us were the ones who went off to the. She was an Aster. And I was an Astral. Yeah. The point is, I was in the, I was always the chair below. You know, I was yeah. like, I was like, you, I was like, you're smart enough, but you still don't create this extra special tier, so you have a but but this complex your whole life. Don't worry about it. Either. But yeah. I think what what happened at least in Sig. Remember, it's at least okay when we graduated from Sig. There were only thirty three of us in our program. Yeah, so I know. You're like talking about Evo. It was just one cohort. I think that especially because of in Sig. Because there were so there only when we graduated from Sig, there were six black people of the thirty three. Do you know what I mean like? Wait, let me see if I can name them all. It was you, Mia, <laughs> Aki, Aki, yes, the musician, Aki, um, Monique, Monique Stanford. There you go, yep. Oh, Kareem, Kareem. Name is really familiar. And um, that's that's four. Um, no, no, that was five. That's, That's five. Me. I think it was five. Oh, I think five. five. Okay. So maybe I'm missing one person. Oh, oh Amanda. Amanda. Oh my God. Yes. Right. So like you had like, there were at least six and like, 
who so then as a result of that like i think especially in sig when you say most of the bar mitzvahs were happening in seventh grade mm-hmm. it was who you were aligned with and who you came from and now this gets back to what how you got to school mm-hmm. i went to my school bus pulled the kids who came from Bergen Beach and Mill Basin, all the, so like the Allisons and the oh, Allisons that's how you were playing with that. Crew. So like, I became friends with all those people because of the school bus. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So that's why it, it again. Like, girl, you were not on my bus. You're right. I was on the that's, bus. But that's why I think also, like, that's why I knew a lot of the Magnet kids because they were on the school bus with me. Yeah. And where did then, you live at the time? Um, I lived on Fifty First and J. Okay. Oh yeah, that makes total sense. Right. So yeah, like, would have gone to Mill Basin. So yeah, that that, that yeah. goes to Mill yeah, Basin, yeah, right? Yeah. Our elementary school picked up right near school. Ralph because that's near Ralph, right? Not far. Yeah, fifty first yeah. school, right? Yeah. So that meant it went over to two thirty six. It went to three twelve. Yeah. It went yeah. to like all those schools yeah. in that yeah. yeah area, and so but you were like an early stop. We were the first stop, or the first yeah. or the second yeah. stop on the bus, right? Yeah. So. We knew then all these people. And then so I think that's what, in my particular case, why I think I got invited to all those things is because I was one of the few black people who got on the bus at that point. You know what I mean? Like, you were like their entry point into blackness. Okay. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Okay. 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 Like, is it me, you, and Jessica who had this song? Yes. Yes. No, I just like hey, my, I have so much. I have such vivid memories of the three of us singing. I mean, I wasn't uh, I wasn't on your school bus on the way to school. No, like, I was through the bar mitzvahs we I, met. We're through the bar mitzvahs we met. It had to be. But we were on we were on a school bus for a school trip. I think that sometimes, like Sig and Magnet, must have like commingled when we went on school At trips. Some sometimes, time, I guess. Maybe, yeah. yeah, the three of us were on the school bus singing Groove Theory. That makes sense because Brian. Was insane, yes. right? Yes, yeah, but also, me and Jessica's song was Monifa. I, um, Monifa, you know, there's somebody Monifa, um, touch it. No, <laughs> oh, should I come back home? I'm so all alone. Mm. There's the one that I can talk to. I miss you. It's been too long nah. since you No, I don't. Oh my god. That's the song, okay? Um, And so, like, these are things, you know, I, it's funny because, like, I credit, like, I feel like what, I I, me, I wonder if you feel like, honey was so important to my ability to navigate the world. First of all, I have a PhD in whiteness. Thank you. From honey. Thank you, honey. Like, I I am successful because I have a PhD in whiteness. Yes, because it's it's like, I know how y'all was operating then yeah. <laughs> I remember I almost got suspended in Huddy because of somebody. I will not oh. name the person. Okay. But I, in eighth grade, I almost got suspended because the person lied and said that I tried to punch them or push them down. Which you would, I, never do. you would never do. No, no. It was like, you don't remember that was the time you used to go talk to the hand, right? Yes. Like, the person said something else, like, back up. Like, don't come here with that. I'm not doing it. And the person did a dramatic fall to the ground like I pushed them. And no one could say that they verified that I pushed this person. And like, and then I was like, oh, this is how you operate? And I, luckily at that point, I was cool with Mr. Spieler. And Mr. Spieler was like, oh, you're not Spieler, going to my hips. And he was like, oh, no. I'm, he literally took the suspension paper, ripped it up, and was like, you're not going anywhere. You know what yes. I mean? Like, <laughs> Mr. Spieler. But Huddy really made me understand that. So like, I feel like 
I got whiteness in middle school, very black Caribbean tech, even though like it was a diverse school, but my friends were black. And then so when I got to Williams, I'm like, got it. Know how to put all this. <laughs> uh, Huddy was just so eye-opening in that way. And it's just like, it's the first glimpse you got into the fact that I think that like people have different backgrounds. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's no shocker when I think about some of the people who went to middle school with where they are now. I'm like, oh, I saw that in middle school. That behavior. I like, saw like any, I need a positive. Yeah, behavior. let's like, <laughs> we'll bleep some names. Like, you know, if their lives didn't turn out the way that we would hope that they did. But if you have positive examples. Perfect example. Christine. Oh. Yeah, she became a model. because She's a model. Going to Princeton is what, you know, like this idea that like, you were like brilliant and beautiful and you're like, I'm going to take a year off in the middle of college to go be a model in Europe and then come back and graduate. Because her and Ayana both took time off in undergrad. Do you know what I mean? Like, but just like how even like people navigated that world and like, I, I know how to both be smart and do these things that are amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, it's one of those things where I also think that like, you just can look back at that time and say, I just understand so much about why, like, even little things like now we can look at some of those neighborhoods and be like, oh, I understand why that neighborhood votes in this particular way or does these particular things. And like, you couldn't understand that in middle school or you couldn't really like articulate it in the ways that I'm sure we could look at it now. Like you tell me an address, I'm like, oh, I know what that means by living in that, in that area. But like, just thinking about how people move and behave. And then I think also just like how people, I don't know if you've, encounter this Mia but how people almost I feel like you forgot you had black friends like some people I literally like one point I literally had, like, was talking about my research and was like well, why are you studying black gifted people I was like do you not go to elementary school like we went to elementary school and middle school together like we you know, know you know, a few questions about your research like you didn't understand why you were like, doing why, it. Like, why 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 study black gifted students I'm trying to understand what what's the the, the who's reason? asking that these are black people asking that or white, white people, people? and oh, I'm like people. you went to school with us oh like, yeah, I don't know that they saw it the way that we saw it. <laughs> what I'm saying, but I'm saying, it's like it's not like you were my friend just for like a day. Like we went to school pre-K to eighth grade together. Do you know what I mean? Like there has to be some understanding of when someone is explaining to you what my experience is that you were there and you're like, I may not have seen it in that way, but I can understand where you might have had this particular feeling. And I think it's just so interesting to think about how, as you again, as you talk to people now, where it's like. Did you miss something? Did you oh, miss something? Only six oh, it's, it's interesting you say that because our I would I would agree certainly our middle school experience and my elementary school experience was this way too, but it was like extraordinarily socioeconomically diverse, racially diverse, ethnically diverse, like like yeah. like cookie like like precision diversity, right? Yeah. Like, like not like no one was missing, like like we were all present in healthy numbers, and and, and I'm grateful for that experience. Like I, I never had the experience of being lonely only, even in like AP classes in high school. And across the country, so many, so many students of color have that experience where yep. when they are tracked into those classes, they're alone. And like, I can't, I don't have that experience, but I almost think that is why maybe it's perplexing to some white people that you would have this research interest because it was normalized. Like it wasn't, like, if you're the white kid that has the one black kid in the class, like maybe that's more salient to you of like, oh, that that's that's an outsider. That, yeah. And you now have an outsider perspective and so you're, you're studying this because it's like, you're trying to understand yourself in this like white dominant. But like, I, I, although we grew up in white dominant spaces, it wasn't like 
that, that just shows the supremacy of white culture. Because yeah. like, because like, literally, nothing about the actual de- demographics was white dominant. Right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I mean, even just thinking about like, as I was naming the people who were black and sig, like, what people have had to do even after that, like where they went off to college and what that looked like for them, right? Like, or or even even the amount of degrees people have amassed after, you know, like. I feel like it's just so interesting to think about how like where some of people would have like downplayed what of our abilities were in some in some way, shape, or form. Like we were never going to be the valedictorian, for example, at Huddy. Do you know what I mean like it was going to be some random little? I don't even know who was the valedictorian when we graduated from Huddy. But like the 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 fact of the matter is is that like what does it mean that like when I, I don't think people realize when you reflect on like in the SIG program, it's like. I have four degrees. Monique is an MD, PhD. Ayana is a newscaster. Aki has a degree from Bard and is in, in music. Do you know what I mean? Like, Kareem is, has a, a master's in engineering. Do you know what I mean? Like, Amanda is a lawyer. Do you know what I mean? Like, what does it mean that, like, and then we could flip side and, like, no shade some of our peers who, no, were, no. who, are, uh, who are white. <laughs> Absolute shade. <laughs> what, what, are, what are you doing for yourself? Do you what know what I mean? Fuck like, are they doing? <laughs> No shade. Like, what are you doing for yourself? And what does that what does that mean to just think about? Like, I just been really reflective. And even like when I think about Molly, just to quickly tie back to insecure about like how you have to be so high power for so long, you don't know how to turn down. You don't know how to just shut off and be like, be regular. Do you know what I mean like, and what impact that has on people in the long term? But I don't know. Woo! He said a word. <laughs> just been thinking about it. Just been on my mind and my heart. <laughs> uh, I have a headache now from all the champagne that I've consumed. Well, <laughs> we shall. I mean, that that might be a time for you to take a break, and then yeah, this is us. Is a start nine o'clock. This is us. Nine o'clock. This is us. Oh my god, we gotta go. It's nine o'clock. This is us. Thank you for inviting me to the PJ. I enjoyed coming to the PJ. Aww. Yay. It is now the PJ for now until forever because you've dubbed it the PJ. Yay.